it's all about faith and uh, we get to the end of the chapter. In fact, we're going to tip over into the beginning of the next chapter uh, to hear some of the implications uh, of all that has gone before. Um, so Michael's got the last of this series and Basil's got just the three verses uh, that we're going to look at this morning. So Basil, come and read and then Michael will speak. So our reading is taken from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. And because it's such a short reading and filled with such wonderful truths, we're going to actually do something a little different. We're going to read them twice. Okay? I know it's not terribly Anglican, but we're going to read it twice. Okay. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore... Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Reading from verse 1 again. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Amen. Great. Thanks, Basil. And don't worry, everyone, Basil might have read twice, but I'm only going to preach once. Um, uh, and do keep your Bibles open at that passage, because we're going to be looking at that together for the next few minutes. Um, and I feel I should say, in what follows, I'm heavily indebted to Hugh Corns. Some of us will know Hugh, just got engaged to Francie Jones. Well, um, uh, most of what's good in this talk is due to Hugh, so a big thank you to him. Now, if you asked Guinness World Records, who is the fastest person in the world? They would tell you, Usain Bolt who uh, broke the 100 meters record at 9.58 seconds. So fast. Now, to be fair, Guinness haven't seen Ben Cook race across the church hall when leftover seniors' lunch is announced. Pure speed. If you were, however, to look for the world's toughest runner, it might be John Stalker. There's an ultramarathon where um, you have to run four miles every hour, and there's no finish line. They just keep the race going until there's only one runner left. Pure endurance. And John Stalker ran 337 miles nonstop for 81 hours. Pure endurance. 
Well, the end of verse one from our passage, talking to Christians, says that following Jesus is like a race. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. It's not a 10-second sprint. It's not even an 81-hour ultramarathon. It's a lifelong race. Weeks, months, even decades, every hour of your life. It takes perseverance. Now, some of us here have been running this race for many years. Maybe some of us have just got started. Maybe you're feeling enthusiastic about the race, like a keen runner, ready to go. Maybe you're feeling tired. It's just so hard to follow Jesus. Maybe you're feeling energetic. Or maybe you're feeling like it's an uphill battle and you're just limping along. Maybe you haven't got started running this race yet. What we all need, however we're going, is to figure out how to keep going, how to endure and persevere, not just for weeks or months or years, but until the end of our lives, how to keep running the race. And this part of God's Word tells us how. We're going to break it down into two parts, uh, and so it's a little easier to remember they, they rhyme. Here it is. Uh, I'll say them, and then actually, let's, let's say them all together. I'll say it first. Don't make it harder to run. Fix your eyes on God's Son. And all together, don't make it harder to run. Fix your eyes on God's Son. Actually, let's try it. Let's try it one more time without the words to help us. Don't make it harder to run. Fix your eyes on God's Son. Great. Well, let's look at the first half of that. Don't make it harder to run. Take a look back at verse 1, if you would. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Throw off everything that hinders. Get rid of everything that holds you back. When you see a sprinter come out onto the track, uh, they get rid of everything that's weighing them down. The big earphones come off. The heavy track suit gets left on the bench. In fact, I've actually asked a couple of people to come up for a, for a running race. Uh, let's bring them up and see how they've prepared. First, uh, Hannah, uh, could you take your place on the starting line, please? Thank you. Facing that way. And our second runner, Ben, could you come up as well? Thanks. Oh, gosh. Okay, slightly different approach. Okay, all right. Yeah. Let's see how it goes. Ready, set. Okay, we're not, we're not actually going to have a race. Um, but you, you see what would happen, don't you? Um, it's obvious who's taking this risk seriously, and it's also obvious how hard Ben is going to find it running the race with all that stuff weighing him down. In a race, getting rid of hindrances is a no-brainer. Thanks. Thanks, guys. So, what is going to hinder us from running the race of following Jesus? What is going to hold you back, weigh you down as you follow him? Maybe it's a sports practice that clashes with youth group. 
Maybe it's pursuit of academic success that governs all your time commitments. Or maybe it's the series of remodeling projects that takes up all your time and your planning. Or pursuing a standard of living for your family that means family Bible time gets squeezed out by work. Maybe it's an addiction to binging Netflix so that by the time you go to bed, there's no chance you're going to get up in the morning ready to pray. Or a social media account that becomes all-consuming. For me, one distraction is looking at my phone first thing in the morning. It, uh, it sets the tone for the rest of the day. And I could be looking at the Bible first thing in the morning, listening to what my Heavenly Father has to say to me, setting the tone for the rest of the day. Turns out, it's a habit that's really hard to change. Now, all of those things might be fine in themselves, but if they're distracting us away from following Jesus and making it harder to run the race of following him, then we've got to see the harm they're doing us and get rid of them, throw them off. It's possible, it is possible we might sort of manage to live Christian lives with those things weighing us down. You know, I suppose Ben could have kind of gone in the right direction with all that stuff, but he wouldn't have been running, he would have just been walking, just a walk. I wonder, is it possible that some of us don't even know what running the race could be like? That we've only ever managed to struggle to a walk? Maybe this is the only question that we ask ourselves about something. We ask ourselves, is it wrong? Is it a sin? Now, that is a good question to ask about something. It's good to avoid that. But it's not where we should stop. See, if we want to run the race, we won't just ask, is it wrong? We'll ask, will it help me run? Or will it hold me back? This commitment, this subscription, this device, this boyfriend, this girlfriend, will they help me run? Or is it going to weigh me down? See, how much more an effective follower of Jesus could you be, could we be, if we worked out the things that suck us away from following him fully, the things that weigh us down, and get rid of them? Well, those are things that distract. Don't make it harder to run. But as well as things that distract, there is sin that destroys. Have a look back at verse 1. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Entangles. Imagine that Hannah and Ben were back up here. But this time, Ben doesn't just have a backpack on his back. He has ropes, you know, entangling his legs. How far do you think he'd get? Or picture this. Picture a spider's web wrapping itself around a fly and this fly getting more and more caught up in a trap that leads to death. Well, that is what sin is like. It's, it's not a casual thing. Sin is a killer. Sadly, for some people who start f- seeming to follow Jesus, there's some sin that draws them further and further away from following him until they just don't care about Jesus anymore. Perhaps something harmless enough, uh, a desire to be popular, Uh, a love of money, a relationship that's not quite right. 
But over time, they prioritized that thing above Jesus until he squeezed out. And that is what sin seeks to do in our lives. It works to make us quit running the race. Don't be deceived. That's what it wants to do. And I don't know what sin might be most likely to entangle you over the next days or weeks. You can probably think of it in your head right now. Maybe actually you already feel like you're tangled in a web that seems impossible to escape. But with God, know that there is a way out. God's free forgiveness when we repent. God's help by his spirit to help us find freedom from stuff that we can't free ourselves from. God's people running alongside us, helping us deal with sin that we can't deal with ourselves. In this race, the other runners, they're not rivals trying to steal the prize out from under us. They're running alongside us, teammates, to encourage us. That is so good that we have a church family to support one another. There is hope. And we won't be perfect this side of heaven. But we don't need to be defeated by sin in the race. And so whatever sin we struggle with, God says to us in this passage, we'll either throw it off and run on, or we'll indulge it and stumble. What are we going to choose? Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Don't make it harder to run. That's the first way we keep going in the race. Here's, here's a positive. Maybe you remember it. Fix your eyes on God's Son. Following Jesus for the rest of your life is a long race. I don't know what you're like with long distance running, if that's what you're into. Um, my knees have gone, so I, I don't really run that much anymore. But I have a friend who ran the London Marathon a few years ago, and two miles in, he rolled his ankle on a water bottle that someone had left on the road. And he had the whole race left ahead of him. What a struggle. You can ask me afterwards what happened, if you like. Well, what if the race of following Jesus feels too long and too hard? How am I going to do it? How am I going to run this race to the end? Well, when our legs feel burning and we feel weary, here's what will help. Look at verse 2. It's fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on God's Son. That means, that means fill your mind with Jesus. Think about him. Dwell on him. And as we do that, we will be strengthened to keep going. Actually, let's, let's do some of that now. Let's fill our minds with Jesus. Uh, verse 2 says that Jesus is the pioneer and perfecter of faith. A pioneer does something for the first time so that others can come after them, follow them. So imagine the thickest bamboo jungle. There's a picture for us. With absolutely no route through. Well, the pioneer takes their machete and blazes a trail through. And more than just getting themselves through, they open up a route for others to follow after them. While well, Jesus is the pioneer of faith. 
the Son of God took on a human nature and blazed a trail living the perfect life of faith. Hebrews 11, the chapter before, if, if you've been here over summer, shows us lots of people who lived by faith. But Jesus is the first and only person to run the race perfectly. But what's amazing is that Jesus doesn't just give us a path to follow, and now it's down to us to follow his example. Instead, he unites us to himself, and he perfects our faith. He ran the perfect race. He persevered through temptation, through suffering. He knows what it's like. And now united to us, he grows in us the same persevering faith, as if he takes our hand and leads us from beginning to end of this race. And when someone finishes the race, it's because Jesus, the perfect runner, has brought them safely to the finish line. So when running the race feels hard, when you're discouraged, fix your eyes on Jesus, the one who blazed a trail for us to follow, and the perfect runner who perfects our faith. Fix your eyes on him. And as we fix our eyes on him, let's look at Jesus' example of persevering for the prize. Being a Christian in the UK today, it's unlikely that it's going to get you killed. It will in some parts of the world, or it could do. But it might get you some public shame. It might get you some people making fun of you, mocking you. How do you cope with that? But look down at verse 2. Verse 2, for the joy, this is halfway through, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus had to run a race tougher than any of us will face. Think of the agony of the cross. Think of the shame as people mocked him, ridiculed him. How did he endure through so much suffering? Because he remembered the joy set before him. He was focused on the prize at the finish line that he would receive once he made it through. When you're focused on the prize at the end of the race, you can push through the pain of running. Maybe you remember the... Um, the 2012, was it the 2012 Olympics? I think it was, when Mo Farah won the 10,000 meter race. He absolutely stormed round the track. Um, actually, uh, just at the, at the final lap, when his legs should have been giving out, he ran 400 meters in 53 seconds, the fastest lap of the whole race. Amazing. Well, why was he able to endure when it was so hard? Because that gold medal was just around the corner. He could see it. He knew just how much he wanted to win that prize. The pain and effort in that final lap must have seemed small compared to the Olympic glory that it was achieving for him. Well, in the prize, well, for Jesus, the prize that Jesus ran towards was so much greater than an Olympic medal. At the end of his race, he sat down at the right hand of God eternal rest, eternal joy, eternal glory. And sharing in that glory 
is what we're running towards if we're following Jesus. United to him, his prize is our prize. The joy that was set before him is the joy that is set before us. Eternal rest, eternal joy, eternal glory. So when we feel the pain of running the race, fix your eyes on Jesus and ask yourself this, do I think that Jesus regrets the pain of the cross? Do I think that Jesus is right now thinking, gosh, that was a bit much. I wish I hadn't bothered. No, no way. It's the absolute opposite. Jesus is filled with eternal joy, no regrets. And we will have no regrets either for whatever opposition we faced for following him. It is good to be realistic that following Jesus may well make life harder in the years ahead. And we can afford to be realistic because the prize will be so worth it. So when you speak up for Jesus at school and people mock you, or when you're just politely sidelined for being a Christian, or when you lose your job for sticking to what the Bible says, don't lose heart. Fix your eyes on Jesus, who suffered so much more for us than we will ever have to suffer for him, and who is the happiest person in the universe. Don't make it harder to run. Fix your eyes on God's Son. I hope we can take those words into this week and even share them with each other when we're finding the race hard. In fact, let's practice that, that now. Let's say those words once more together. Don't make it harder to run. Fix your eyes on God's Son. Well, uh, let me pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who kept going for the joy set before him. Father, thank you that he suffered so much for us and that in him we have him helping us, guiding us, leading us on to eternal joy. And please help us this week and in the weeks ahead to fix our eyes on him, to throw off everything that would hinder us and to pursue what is best. Help us, please, to keep running the race together. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Back to Steve.